So chapter five. Now listen, you rich people, weep and wail because the misery that is coming upon you. Your wealth has rotted and moths have eaten your clothes. Your gold and silver are corroded. Their corrosion will testify against you and eat your flesh like fire. You have hoarded your wealth in the last days. Look, the wages you failed to pay the workmen who mowed your fields are crying out against you. The cries of the harvesters have reached the ears of the Lord Almighty. You have lived on the earth in luxury and self-indulgence. You have fattened yourself in the day of slaughter. You have condemned the murder and murdered the innocent man who were not opposing you. Okay, this is interesting. Um, wow. What a way to start a final <laughs> chapter. I really, really love a lot what he's got to say here. But also have to take it to heart as I myself am someone who's rich. And I think all of us here sitting in the context that we're in mm. can consider ourselves rich. I really like what he has to say. I think the difference between so many other things is that he's just reminding us, what are we building and mm -hmm. how long are we building it for? This is where I love the question of what's your 200 year plan? <laughs> what are we building? What are we investing in? All the wealth has rotted. The moths have eaten your clothes. I'm sorry, guys. If you really, Jared, that new hoodie, hoodie bro, it's lit. It's going to be eaten, hey? Rough one. <laughs> I know that because I also bought a hoodie hoodie, so we stand in the same judgment there. <laughs> your gold and silver are corroded course it's a good thing to save and be wise with our money but at the end of the day it's not going to go with us when I was a, a kid we used to love going to the beach I mean I still love going to the beach has to be said um, and um, yeah some of you guys might not have known that it's, it's a little known fact about me um, but one of the things we used to do is we love building sandcastles and not just any sandcastles what we love to do is take um, take water and, and mix it in so it'd be right by the shore and then you dribble sand and it just kind of builds up slowly over time and it would be like this gothic style castles that you build <laughs> with like these long tall spires and I used to love it I used to we used to sit there but as soon as the tide came in it would just be gone it'd be completely undermined um, and and it would fall away and I'm really reminded of what Jesus has to say about mm. The, the wise man who builds his house on the rock versus the foolish man who builds his house on the sand. There's so much in which we're building and investing in. It takes up so much of our time. For many of us, most of what we do in the week is to kind of see where am I going in the future from here. And, and yet, so much of what we build hmm. is just fleeting. It's going to be washed away. 1 Peter, actually, the next book after James, um, he talks about it um, where... It's like we've come through a fire right at the end and everything that we built on the earth just gets built up, uh, just gets burnt up. And we come into heaven like just flames, smoke still on our clothes. And, uh, and it's quite a strong warning that actually what is it that we're going to be doing? If we've invested our whole life in things that are not eternal, uh, it's going to be gone. It's going to be done. And that's quite a challenge. Um, and, and, and so what, what do we do with our time is really important. In the same way, how do we get the benefits that we enjoy? James is talking to people who have, yeah, taken away wages from workmen who mowed their fields, 
Um, the harvesters who weren't paid, they reached the, the cries of the harvesters reached the ears of the Lord my, my, Almighty. Mm. And I think the way in which we're doing business, the way in which we're going around, um, yeah, going around doing our work is just so important to God. These are people who, who God's taken time to create and love and, and who molds them. And I, and I really struggle when I see a lot of, um, yeah, this recently when we, we, we've been bashing billionaires a lot, but um, with, with Amazon, where so much is built on the lives of people who are just really being underpaid, where the owner is the richest man in the world by like a long shot. And so I struggle. I struggle with this tension. And yet also I'm challenged myself. You know, with the people who I hire, the people who I oversee, um, am I really being fair in the way that I'm treating them? Is, is the way I interact with them and, and love them one that's going to lead them into, into the kingdom? But more importantly, are my failed wages against them uh, crying out to God? And this could be, you know, the petrol attendants, the waitresses. Uh, we, we see people all the time that we're interacting with, and it's really important. He also says, you've lived in earth on earth in luxury and self-indulgence have fastened yourself for the day of slaughter and this is a challenging one because i think there's such a culture that we live in of self-indulgence where we can go you know just just go and get this just go and do it you're worth it whereas the scripture has a lot to say about when we're just focused on ourselves when we want to eat as much as we want now i love or you can eat sushi but i have to check myself you know Gluttony is definitely a sin. Mm. Overindulgence is, is something that I have to really look out, for, look out against. In the same way that I live, all the possessions that I own, um, it's very, very easy to quickly amass so many possessions that you're like, where am I going to put this stuff? And so we have to be careful. We have to be aware. And I think it's, it's a very, very good warning. He then moves on. Verse 7. Be patient then, brothers, until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop and how patient he is for the autumn and spring rains. You too be patient and stand firm because the Lord's coming is near. Do not grumble against each other, brothers, or you will be judged. The judge is standing at the door. Brothers, as an example of patience in the face of suffering, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. As you know, we consider blessed those who have persevered you have heard of of job's perseverance and have seen what the lord finally brought about the lord is full of compassion and mercy above all brothers do not swear not by heaven or by earth or by anything else let your yes be yes and your no be no or you will be condemned another intense one another lovely lovely thing as we as we dive deeper into this there's so much perseverance and, and actually it goes further. I'm actually, I'm going to continue because it, it does relate further. Is any of you in trouble? He should pray. Is anyone happy? Let him sing songs of praise. Is any one of you sick? He should call the elders of the church to pray over him and anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise him up. If he has sinned, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of the righteous man is powerful and effective. Elijah was a man just like us, and he prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. And he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crops. My brothers, 
If one of you should wander from truth and someone should bring him back, remember this. Whoever turns a sinner from error of his ways will save him from death and cover a multitude of sins. Sure, crazy stuff. Mm. Crazy, crazy stuff. Really good stuff. And I'll explain a little bit why in a sec as well. So be patient because the judge is coming. Mm. This is something that the Old Testament speaks about a lot. This judgment, this impending doom for the wicked and rejoicing for the righteousness. One of the things that I really appreciate about this is that often judgment day is seen as a really scary day. And it will be a really scary day. But it doesn't have to be something that's far off in the future. For myself, for example, he talks about you know, the repentance and forgiveness. One day I'm going to stand before Jesus and everything that I've ever done, good and bad, is going to be shared. And it's going to be quite, quite a list for bad and good. <laughs> I've done a lot of things. And some things I'm proud of, some things I'm not proud of. But after that, everyone's going to know. There's going to be nothing left hidden in my life. People would be able to say, Yo, Josh, remember when you swore at this person, or you hit this person, or you did this? I'll be like, yeah. Everyone will know. But the joy of Judgment Day is that once we stand through listening to all the crap that we've done, Jesus goes, you're forgiven. I love you. And you get to walk freely amongst everyone else knowing you're forgiven and you're loved. All the things that have been piled against you, all the things that you realize, yes, I'm not worthy to be treading in this place. He's given you worthiness. He's given you a reason to be able to be there. And that's incredible. But what's more incredible is that it doesn't have to be there one day. We don't need to wait till heaven till everyone knows us fully and loves us and accepts us for who we are. He says, confess your sins to one another. An incredible, incredible twist as he's just talked about this scary and terrifying judgment day and how we need to be patient and persevere. Then he goes, confess your sins, forgive one another. And, and of course to pray. And I find this incredibly inspiring. I have found that as I try and live with things that are hidden inside of me, that stuff eats away at me and guilt begins to build up. After a while, I find myself like consumed by this thing that I've done that I've not told anyone else about. But as soon as I'm able to, to live with nothing hidden, to be able to share, yes, I've really been struggling with this week. Uh, and, and maybe that was with the struggle of pornography. Maybe that's the struggle with how I deal with my money. Maybe it's the struggle of, yo, I just really want to get chesaped. Who knows? <laughs> but being open and honest, it no longer is something that is holding me back. But instead, it's something that I'm walking in freedom from. It's not giving that thing the power to hold me back as it did before. And I've really enjoyed living this and sharing it out with people around me and people in my close circle. It's, it's been amazing. It's been absolutely amazing. Confessing your sins sounds like the most terrifying thing on earth. It sounds like, what are you smoking? And it is, it's absolutely terrifying. But being known and being loved is so life-giving. At the beginning of lockdown, I, I reached out to a bunch of, of peeps and I was like, yo, anyone who's struggling with pornography, hit me up. We're gonna take this seriously during lockdown. 
And so we formed a group and we met up once a week and worked through some stuff about what does it mean to be fully known, to walk in freedom and forgiveness. And there have been some incredible things. Guys who are stuck are now being free. Not completely, but are walking in journeys and and ways that they'd never even dreamed possible before. People who wouldn't be able to go a week without stumbling in sin, now going months. And that's because of the freedom that Jesus gives us through this community that we're a part of. And that's why I said church is not what we do on a Sunday. We can't binge watch church on a Friday once we've missed a whole month of online church. It's just not the the same. (laughs) But it's who we are. It's what we do. We're living with hiddenness. We're living with shame. There's more. There's so much more. And And I love it. I absolutely, this is probably something that I've taken so seriously in the last while. Because it's not only when I've messed up, it's when someone's messed up against me. And this then takes them to another place where, um, yeah, we, we get to go and be forgiven. And, and yet we also get to go and forgive. One of the things about, about nothing hidden, uh, living with nothing hidden, is, is that sometimes someone does something against us and we're like, yo, that's a low blow. Like when I called out Jared in front of everyone and he was like, yo, bro, low blow. <laughs> you need a call for forgiveness later. Um, and, and that can open up our hearts for things to be inside that's really not great. And we still need to deal with that. One day, when judgment day comes, this terrifying and beautiful thing, these people are either going to be in or out. But our salvation and walk with Jesus shouldn't be compromised by what other people have done against us. We can have freedom to be able to live in the glory and praise of Jesus in his presence for eternity um, because we've been able to deal with this stuff and deal with it now. And so I love how it finishes because it's such a challenge um, to myself but to everyone as well is, is this challenge that if anyone should wander from the truth, someone should bring them back. Whoever turns the sinner from error of his ways will save him from death and cover a multitude of sins. The fact that Judgment Day is coming is also a severe warning for us to kind of, yo, get into gear and and start charging hard in mission as well. We all have family and friends, but we're not sure what eternal destination they're going to. They're not even able to live in the freedom that we can live in now, let alone for eternity. Now, of course, this verse has also been used that when someone's messed up, then I've got the right. Bible says I can come and tell these people what's what. Um, and, and we could get ourselves into a bit of trouble. And so my recommendation with this, if you see someone stumbling, draw closer to them, love them, and not coming with hard correction at first. That is, that is one of the most difficult things it is when you see someone you love um, throwing, throwing things down the drain. You're like, no, 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 no. Please, this is important. But there's also a space. There's a relationship. There's a journey. There have been some people who have stopped me dead in my tracks and been like, yo, Josh, you need to check this out in your life. And it does. It's like, whoa, hectic. Yeah, I do. But I think sometimes when people come with a heavy accusatory thing and I'm just chilling, living my life, I'm like defensive. First thing that's up, whoa, what's going on here? But as I've walked alongside people and there's this mutual consent that actually... We wanted to speak into each other's lives. Um, Then it's life-giving. Then when someone shows me 
that there's sin that I need to deal with. I'm like, yeah, this is important. This person loves me enough to say this. And so, of course, we're wanting the best for each other. But when people start going crazy, love them, draw closer to them. Sometimes we get scared that if I draw closer to them, then I'm going to catch that craziness that they've just caught. (laughs) Whereas often, a lot of people are really just needing to be reminded of the love of Jesus. That love that sees us when we've been told everything that we've ever done, right and wrong, says, you're known, you're loved, you're accepted here, and you're celebrated here. Um, Yeah, I'm going to close... And there's a lot. We, these James sermons have been packed. Like We've gone through like at least three or four topics each Sunday that should be a whole sermon on their own. And so I'm just going to remind you a little bit about what James is talking about. He was facing the rich, which is us, about how are we treating our possessions, what is our, our heart towards those who we hire and, and use for our own gain. And then he was talking a little bit about about judgment day and how one day Jesus is coming calls us to persevere to be ready then he tells us to just have our yes be yes and our no be no and he finishes off with prayer prayer offered in faith to confess our sins to one another and that if we should, anyone should wander from the truth that we should bring them back And I encourage you guys as we go from here that we could be church. There's an opportunity that we have for things to be different, for it not just to be a Sunday thing, Mm. but for us to live in freedom, for us to live in a place where, yeah, if someone wrongs me, I can forgive them. I could walk alongside them and love them and bring them back into a place where they feel known and loved. I can walk knowing that judgment day is coming with joy. Because actually, all my junk's already out there. People know. I've confessed it. And I'm loved and known now. And I know Jesus loves and knows me now. And then also with the challenge that there are people who are close to us, friends or family or or other loved people whom Jesus created in his own image, whom he died for, that he's longing to see come to faith. Whoever turns a sinner from error of his ways will save him from death and cover a multitude of sins. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for this incredible group of people. Thank you for the way in which, yeah, you, you've spoken to us so, like, hectically, but also lovingly this evening. Thank you, Lord, that, yeah, there's grace for us to be known fully with all our good and bad and to be redeemed from that, for that not to be the final word on our life. And Father, I pray for each of these people as they take even just one thing from tonight, that your spirit would fill them and enable them to live it out, for it to overflow from within them and reach all the people around us. In the name of Jesus, amen.